Richard Baxter Irvin was born a slave. I don't give a fuck, Keisha. Yo, 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 what up, what up? Welcome back to the Talking My Shit podcast with your boy Too Skinny. No guest this week, it's just me. I feel like we definitely need to catch up. It's been a minute. I've been uh, been doing a lot of bullshit, and I want to tell you guys all about it. But first and foremost, I want to say thank you guys for... Uh, you know, being here at the beginning of the year, it's a fresh year, new start. Um, last year was, uh, last year, if you guys remember, I started off the year sober. I think I went like a month and a half and then I fucking spiraled out of control and I still can't get a hold of my finances this year. <laughs> no, but, um, it was, it was, it was a good start last year. You know, I did a lot of productive shit as far as like in my life. And I feel like this year is only going to be even better. So thank you guys for uh, supporting. And then, uh, let me, fuck, 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 bro. See, this is, a, this is why I don't fucking, this is why I need to be consistent every fucking week. Because I be feeling like when I do finally want to make a good episode and I come back in here, I just can't get in, back in the fucking groove. Like, I feel out of place. I feel like this shit is bombing already. I'm fucking 30 seconds in, 40 seconds in. And I feel like you guys already don't give a shit about what I have to say. I feel like I'm coming off as like, fake, you know, I feel like I, like this shit is not authentic, like I'm over here trying to fucking paint a picture that's not, so I'm gonna just be fucking as raw as possible just so I can feel like myself and I'm not out here bullshitting and what's up guys, fuck out of here, fuck out of fuck out that bullshit, honestly man, I had a fucking crazy ass week, I had a fucking, let me tell you guys about this fucking week, well, let me tell you guys about last weekend actually, just so we can catch up and be on the same fucking page, so last week on on Sunday, and I'm sorry I started this shit so aggressive. My bad. I just, I'm, I'm mad at myself because this is like the third time I try to fucking start this podcast, and I'm fucking just keep restarting and restarting and restarting. I just took some fucking edibles that are probably fake, but I'm a fucking gremlin. You already know I had to take them, bitches. But anyway, I just anyway. So last week, last week, um, it was a big fucking week for uh for me and the homies, but specifically Chins, Chins and uh, his fiance Karina uh my, my boy uh my boy proposed finally so that's a big step in our life you feel me like I, I've known Chin since middle school we went to Cowherd together and now like seeing him um you know propose to his, the love of his life you know is just and me being there to be able to support him and as well as her family and his family was like uh it's like damn like this is like we're adults like you're really asking this girl to marry you like that's how you know me and Chins are way different because he's out here proposing and I'm over here excited about the hoes, you know? <laughs> like, you ever see that meme that's like, if hoes still excite you, you're still a little boy. Like, you, oh, Jolly, you got that right, bitch. I'm a little boy. Somebody tie my shoe, bitch. I love them hoes, bitch. Fuck is you talking about? <laughs> I still eat my boogers, nigga. Let's get it. And it <laughs> Shout out to Wells Corbocos, one of the best episodes I've dropped. I have people that still, the people that be falling behind on the podcast, I have people that are, you know, a few episodes behind or whatever. And the Wells Corbocos has been the one that most people have sent me. And they're like, dude, this shit was hilarious. Where I'm just throwing up for like the whole first half of the episode. But anyway. We were, um, my homie Chins proposed, and I want to tell you guys a little bit about how that went, because honestly, I've never been part of a proposal before, I've never even seen one in person, like, not, the only proposals I've ever seen were, like, on YouTube, like, I've never, <laughs> never, ever, like, that shit, you know, because I fucking hate marriage, and I hate commitment, so why the fuck would I look up proposals, you know, like, that has nothing to do with me, specifically in the Mexican community, like, Mexicans don't get married, we just get straight into kids, you know, like, kids at 15, and Maybe marriage in the future, but most of the time, most of your parents are probably not married. They're just, 
together. They're just yeah, like they're just living together. Most of most of the time, you know, a lot of, a lot of a lot of parents are not married. But anyway, you know, I feel like we live in a, in a generation that is different. You know that they like I feel like back in the day, you know, you 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 watch old movies or documentaries and shit like that. They just glorify marriage. Like everybody, like marriage is like the American dream. Like a married a family and like a husband, whatever the fuck. Like that shit is lame as fuck. Like I feel like nowadays, marriage is like in the last of people's list but anyway damn Jin's gonna hate me I'm just completely <laughs> completely shitting on his engagement <laughs> I'm sorry my boy no I'm super happy for him but anyway so the the way he did it was uh we were at the we were uh uh I had a show that day. it was a Sunday Sunday J- January 7th or 9th let me check the date just so I don't disrespect Jin's like that <laughs> January 9th. Yeah, January 9th. So on Sunday. By the way, it was like 9 degrees out that day. It was super fucking cold. And um, he 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 had told JV to come out and take some pictures. And I actually had to be in Chicago because I had a show at the Comedy Bar. And that's an early show. It starts around 5.30 p.m. It's not like 7 or 8. So I was like, fuck. Like, I got to do a show right in the middle of this guy's proposal. And like... I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I, like, I, I don't, I know a lot of people and I fuck with people with shit, but like, as far as like my best friends, you know what I'm saying? There's a select few, a handful of them, and Chins is definitely on the top of that list. And I really, you know what I'm saying? Me and Chins was basically always together for the past few years. So I was like, dude, I'm not about to miss his fucking proposal, you know? This is like a once in a lifetime thing because I got a fucking show at the comedy bar. And I love the comedy bar and everything. And the show I had done before that one at the comedy bar was packed. So I was expecting a packed room, you know? So I was like, fuck it, you know, I'm going to be late. And uh, if I don't make it, I don't make it. You know, I'm not going to miss Chins' engagement. So we end up getting to where he proposed that, which was uh, the planetarium. So if you guys know the planetarium, if you go down that... That little road that leads up to the planetarium, you could see the whole skyline to the left, you know, and the beach is obviously, not the beach, but the fucking lake is obviously to the right, and it's just a beautiful view, a lot of pictures from like postcards and fucking computer backgrounds are are, are basically taken from that place, you can see the whole skyline from side to side, so it's a, it's a perfect place, you know, I don't know if it has any history, but I think maybe they might have been on a date there before, I have no idea, but regardless, it's a beautiful place that he picked, and we all made it out, I, I didn't know how the proposal was going to take place i just knew to be there at that time which was which would have been like 4 35 and um you know jv was going to be taking pictures i was going to be just fucking i don't know i was gonna be there watching this shit you know and uh anyway so uh we get there and i realized that his whole family's there karina's whole family's there and they're all kind of just waiting on the text message that says, come on out. So we're all kind of just like nervous as shit. And then I see his whole family get out and they all have letters. They're all holding letters uh, um, that w- that eventually I will look and it spells out, will you marry me? And I was like, holy shit. So we all run down to the fucking like to the place where we were supposed to be at from the car. And it's, but it's again, nine degrees. It's freezing fucking cold. And my dumbass, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but the only thing I put on was a fucking windbreaker. I had a fucking Columbia windbreaker. And that was it. And this bitch almost damn near didn't even zip up. It was tight as shit, boy. Like I, I wore that bitch open, you feel me? Like, that's, some of you bitches probably know. Some of you niggas probably know, too. Like, some jackets are just meant to be worn open. Like, that bitch don't close, but it looked good open. You feel me? Like, that was one of those bitches. That was an open jacket. And, uh, but, you know, we ended up getting to the place. And, uh, and they had... I, I wasn't, since I didn't know that they were going to be spelling out a message, I didn't coordinate with the, 
you know, with the people about what letter I was going to be holding so that nobody assigned me a letter. And I didn't really care, you know. I was like, whatever, I'm happy to be here with my boy. But then Karina's uh, brother, which was, I believe it was Ab Abner, um, or if not the other one, I think she has twins and she has twin brothers and I forget which one is which, but regardless. Uh, shout out to them. Shout out to their podcast, which is uh, Los Carnales Podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Great podcast, great content. They've had chins on there a few times and a few people you guys may know, go check them out. Um, but he 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 knew that, that chins was my boy and I know he knew that I would have felt, you know, like better holding a letter. So this motherfucker, by the way, I'm saying this motherfucker with love. This motherfucker gives me the letter L. So like, dude, you know what? It's right there. Can you pass it to me, JV, please? It's a, it's a, I brought it, I saved it just for this specific moment right here so I can show the people that I'm not bullshitting. Um, they give, they give me the fucking, uh, the, one of the letter L's, right? And, uh, by the way, as, as I was standing there in a the fucking freezing cold, this was the fattest L I ever held right here. Losing my best friend. <laughs> losing my best, this L stands for losing chins. I lost chins to Karina. Oh my God. Please cheat on her. No, <laughs> anyway, so I I will hold my L with with pride because I know that he's marrying the love of his life and I know he's gonna be happy, so I'm not mad. But anyway, so we're standing there, you know. They got a they got a big old explorer outback speaker, you feel me? Um and, and then they come out of the planetarium. It's like it was like some shit out of a fucking movie. You guys know I'm a sucker for romantic comedies. So me never experiencing a proposal was like kind of it was, you know, I was kind of excited in a fucking way. You know, I almost forgot it was nine degrees, even though my hands were so cold, they were turning red. And, you know, you're right next to the fucking beach. It gets even colder. You get that, you get that, that wind beach. You feel me? <laughs> that wind beach. <laughs> but it gets fucking colder, you know. <laughs> but, but anyway, and um, he comes out. of. They were like, whenever you guys hear the song play, you guys are going to turn one by one. And the message is going to read... Will you marry me, right? And Chins was going to be at the end there. And uh, I was like, all right. So nobody told me what song was going to play, right? And then I, I, eventually I hear the song playing. And for some reason, I don't know if this is racist or, or, or what, but I thought it was going to be a Spanish song. I thought it was going to be some Mexican shit, right? I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but maybe some Banda Messi. I don't know. But um, the song that started playing was uh, Marry Me by Bruno Mars. Is that the name of it? It's Marry Me, right? Yeah, it's a beautiful... Matter of fact, matter of fact, I'm a fucking player right now just so we can relive the moment of Chin's proposal. Yeah. This one. It is called Mary. Yeah. So right there, as soon as I hear that, I'm like, damn, my boy's about to, my boy's about to get married. As soon as I hear that... At that point, I was about to start crying. When I hear the, hey, baby, I turn around. I'm holding the L. I'm looking at Chins. He's on his fucking knee about to, about to propose, popping the question. And I'm just like, I'm so happy. But at the same time, I'm so sad. You know, I'm happy because I'm like, damn, like, my boys are fucking, we're adults, you know? We're doing this. And like I said, I love romantic shit. I love romantic movies. So when that song played, it just, I felt for one, you know how sometimes you watch romantic movies and you're like, that shit is so corny. That shit is so lame. Like, that shit never happens in real life. It really felt like I was in a fucking movie. I felt like I was fucking playing, you know, the dumb best friend of the guy that's, you know, the main, like, I'm not the main character in this movie, 
because I'm, I'm Jin's is the main character in this movie and he's marrying his girl. I'm the dumb high friend, you know what I'm saying? But th- that's fine because I'm gonna have my own movie. It was gonna be my comedy special, but <laughs> but but I felt like I, you know it felt like I was in a movie and it was one of the best feelings ever. And then of course, woo! But yeah, that gets too personal. I don't want to get into that. But but <laughs> but I'm sure you know, like dude, it was just like. <clears throat> Chins, Chins is uh, very creative. He's always been very creative. He's helped me in my comedic career with his creative minds and the way he thinks, and he gives me ideas all the time. So, uh, yeah, man, I just knew that you. Know, I, I, I always knew that he would do the right thing in the right way. And this dude is just one of those dudes that's so attention to detail, attention to detail that I don't think this proposal could have gone any any different. And the only the only thing I would have been like, damn, bro. You should have just done it on a warmer fucking day. But I think, I don't know, maybe January 9th meant something for them. I, I don't know. I honestly didn't ask. I was just happy to be there. And it, it was great. It was a good-ass fucking moment. And, um, and yeah, and that happened. And, and that happened uh, this past weekend. So, anyway, that was probably that was a great weekend. And then on top of that, so we end up, you know, wrapping up fairly quickly because it's fucking still cold. At that time, the tow truck is already fucking towing cars out of the fucking, out of the street and shit. So, where everybody kind of scurries off to their cars, and, and, and we all go to, our, to to the cars, and by that time, we got to go to the show, because I was like, well, if I don't make it, I don't make it, but I still had about 30 minutes to make it, so I was like, oh, shit, let's fucking get it, so we end up uh, speeding to the comedy bar, and I walk up the stairs, and I, and I, and I, and I look in the room, bro, in the whole room, there's about four people there, bro, four people, okay, being realistic, there is six people that bought tickets, Three couples, they're all couples, or, or they're all together, or whatever, right? Three couples, th- whatever, three pairs, I guess. I don't want to say couples because motherfuckers are like, oh, you just assumed they were dating? No, motherfucker, damn. Anyway, three pairs. And then there was about nine comics because it, it's a long list on Sundays. And um, so I was like, damn, like I would have been, like if I, oh shit, I just broke this shit again. But I, if I would have fucking, if I would have missed Chin's proposal for that show, I would have never forgave myself. I would have been so mad. And and maybe a young, dumb, you know, me, when I was barely getting these opportunities, I would have probably missed it just because I'm like, I got to be there early. I got to network. I got to socialize, you know. But but I, I'm happy that I, I've been, I'm established enough that I could, that I was able to, you know, fucking wing it. And, and you know, it paid off because I made it to both. And you know what? Regardless that it was only three people or six people, I my my set went well. I had fun. I talked about the proposal. I talked about um, how cold it was, and I feel like just the people were real receptive to the to to me being so real. Since you know it was that many people in that room, you know you can't I can't put on a fucking act and play a character like it's just us, dude. You know, so it it was still fun. They were still laughing, and it, it went great. You know, so one more time, congratulations to my boy Chins and Karina. I wish you guys nothing but. Love and health and wealth and and your marriage and and, and and shit. I mean, I shouldn't even have to question it, but if I'm not the best man, somebody finna fucking die. I, the, whoever the fuck y'all pick. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can pick whoever you watch is, but I mean, we know what the right answer would be. Not even gonna laugh. I that, I'm so fucking serious about that. <laughs> I'll even dude. Imagine my fucking speech. I'm a fucking comedian, bro. I'm gonna fuck. I'm gonna be doing. The, I'm gonna have the best speech at your wedding, dog. If you, and if I start bombing, I'm gonna just go into my set. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just start doing the wing stop joke, fool. <laughs> but um, 
Anyway, um, it, it, it was a great time. And, and uh, you know, it's so funny how, how different his life is from mine. And we were just together in the same friend group, you know, a few months ago. Um, because we, on Friday, I had a show at, uh, at the Comedy Shrine here. Uh, I was part of four shows where Jeffrey Asmus was headlining. And I know you guys probably don't know him just yet, but he's, got, he's, a, he's a comedian. Uh, he's, from, he's from Minneapolis. He lived in New York for two years, and then he moved out here. He's been in Chicago for five years. And he's a touring comedian, so he's always on the road. He opens up for Sam Morale. He's opened up for all kinds of comedians, famous comedians, and he's headlined all over the country. Um, and I'm, I'm a real big fan of him. I met him. Me and Chins, actually, fun, fun fact, it all comes full circle, but me and Chins actually, met him um when the first time i was ever booked at the comedy bar for a real booking which if you guys listen to this podcast since since the beginning you guys will know that weekend because i literally talked about it on here talked about how i was very excited to get booked at the comedy bar for the first time and uh, anyway so that first time i met this comedian he had two broken hands two broken hands two cast on his arm from his elbow all the way up to his hand like, he, he literally couldn't even fucking move because he was like this with his fucking cast. And I saw him go up to the mic like this with his fucking hands broken and kill for fucking 15 minutes straight. Just slaughter, bro. Me and Chins were front row that day and I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, holy shit, I've never seen someone so effortlessly kill a room of people with broken hands. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit of a hater that day. I was like, maybe it's the broken hands that make them funny, you know? You know, fucking hating ass nigga. Always a hating ass nigga. I got to be from Aurora. <laughs> and it's me. <laughs> nah, but anyway. Um, dude, I'm fucking tired of this shit. I'm fucking falling apart. I got to stop holding it. Anyway, so so me and this motherfucker, uh, we hit it off a little bit, you know? And then I ran into him a few different times without the cast. Like a normal him being able to hold the mic and everything. And he was just even funnier, bro. I was like, dude, this motherfucker is not a prop comic. He doesn't depend on his cast. Like he really is fucking hilarious. And he's just so nonchalantly funny. Like I, I'm not, I don't mean to be riding dick so hard here. But he's just so nonchalantly funny that I became a real fan of him. Like I'm a real fan of this motherfucker, right? And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with admitting you're a fan of somebody, you feel me? So, anyway, um, I found out that he was going to be out here at the Comedy Shrine headlining four shows. And right away, I, I talked to management. I was like, hey, man, let me get, you know, let me feature for him. Let me do some spots. And I'm not going to lie to you. They kind of hold me out of some money because they were supposed to, they were supposed to give me... Uh, I was supposed to feature, so I should have got a contract for all four shows, and I should have made some money, but when I, and because we made a deal, I told him, I had done a show there before, sometime in November, and they, and I told him, hey, let me feature for that guy, and they were like, well, if you sell, you know, if you sell a good amount of tickets for, for this show, then we'll let you feature, dude, I end up packing that fucking place out, and then when I asked for the feature spot, they gave me the runaround, which, I mean... I don't know. That's just a fucking, I guess it's show business, right? People, no matter how much money you make somebody or no, much, no matter how much you help somebody, they're only going to use you for as much as they can use you. And eventually, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're not, they're never going to put you first, right? They, they pretend like they do, but they don't. Now, this is not a episode against the comedy shrine, but they hold me out of that spot. I'm not, I love the comedy shrine and, and that's why I still went this weekend to work, but they hold me out of that shit. Anyway, so I, I end up doing a guest spot. So it's like a fucking ten minute spot, and uh, I end up doing I end up doing we end up doing three shows: one on Friday and two on Saturday. And on Friday, 
on Friday, I walk in there. This is the first show. Uh, I kind of, again, I did it again to network with this guy more than anything. So we're in the fucking backstage in the green room. We're chilling. We're chopping it up. And yeah, he's a super nice guy, super cool guy. So anyway, I'm just telling him I fuck with him. And then he's giving me advice. It's just real dope comedy shit, you know? And then um, I'm like, damn, I'm feeling real good. I know the set's about to be decent. Let me go ahead and... Uh, let me get let me get something to drink, right? So I, I go to the bar and I asked for um I didn't I asked for a Stella, but they didn't have any. So I was like, huh, what do I want to drink? And I was like, let me get this fucking let me get a blue moon real quick. So I asked for a blue moon at uh at the comedy shrine, and then I, I'm drinking this blue moon. I drink the whole thing. Now I should mention I hadn't ate shit all day because I I, I was just not hungry during the morning. I know y'all be like these motherfucker lying like a motherfucker, but no, I wasn't hungry in the morning. I was pretty busy, so I drink like two coffees. The coffee's gonna make you lose your appetite, and then eventually, like at four or five p.m., I start getting nervous for not nervous, but I'm like. You know, you just get the motherfucking, you know, you get the motherfucking nervous a little bit for, it don't matter. It's just like, uh, it's just like anything, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like riding a, a roller coaster. Like, you, sometimes when you're about to get on, you're a little bit nervous, but deep down, you know, it's going to go really well and then you're going to want to do it all over again. So, I don't really get too hungry, especially because I don't want to be bloated. And even worse than being bloated, I don't want to have to take a shit, like, right before showtime. Or, or, or right, right, right during my set, you feel me? Because then, because you feel me? Because once you take a shit, now you got shitty booty. Mm. Now you got, like, you're never going to be clean until you shower. So once you take a shit, I mean, it's a shit. You like, like don't, don't, you, you can't tell me different. So, like, I be, I love to wear a good outfit, but once I take a shit, that outfit don't mean nothing no more. It's bogus. It's, it's garbage, basura. Anyway, so, so I was like, I'm not going to take a shit. I need to not take a shit until tomorrow. So I'm not going to eat until tomorrow. So I get this blue moon. I drink one blue moon. I start feeling a little like, like buzzing. Like, zzz, like I start feeling like a little, mm, like this shit was good, right? So then I go get a second blue moon. Now I'm in my second blue moon. I go on stage, fucking do my fucking thing. It goes real well. I wish I would have started off a little bit stronger, but I killed like towards the end. So it was really good. It, it, it was a good show. Not better than the 8 p.m. one on Saturday, which we'll get into that. But the 7 p.m. one was, was all right. You know, it was decent. Point is that I end up staying to watch, you know, the, the guy headline. And we had a 10 p.m. show supposedly scheduled, so I couldn't go home anyway. So I, I, I end up watching the Jeffrey do his whole set and this guy just murders from beginning to end i don't even realize i drink two more blue moons at this point i'm four blue moons in and i realize holy shit i'm like like when i start slurring like i'm, I'm not i'm not saying reck reckless shit yet and i'm not stumbling everywhere but like my words get a little slurry you feel me and i was already starting to slur a little bit i was like oh shit like i'm I'm fucking feeling it. And then I find, we go out to the lobby and I realize like, oh, we're not going to have, um, there's not going to be a 10 p.m. show because they didn't sell enough tickets. So I was like, perfect, that's fine. I'm going to keep drinking. I'll go home and uh, fucking chill. So it was a great night. I end up going to, uh, I end up going, we, we end up going on the way home. I'm telling JV, I'm like, hey, bro, I'm really, really craving another blue moon. Like, let's go to get some more. So I stopped by the 7-Eleven by my crib. I get a 12-pack of Blue Moons. This motherfucker was 20 bucks, so it's a little a little pricey compared to the rest of the beer. And, and I've seen a lot of people drink Blue Moon before. Like I remember when the whole wave was around like seven years ago, you know, like everybody was on the Blue Moon. Like I never really went like the white people beer way. Like I, it never really got my attention. The only thing I really fucked with that was white people shit was like Angry Orchards for a little bit, Red's Apple for a little bit. But that shit was way too sweet. <clears throat> but Blue Moon, I always thought it had like a fucking taste of uh, like hand soap. 
For some reason, it always tasted like, like the aftertaste was like hand soap to me. I don't know why. And uh, But anyway, for some reason, on this day, these bitches was hidden. It was almost as if the Blue Moons knew that I was going to kick it with whites. Because I, I'm chilling here and um, fucking, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling, right? And uh, we, we get a 12-pack. I, I pop open like two different ones. I'm, I'm drinking them. And then one of my homegirl calls me. I just want to let it be known that it wasn't Clarissa and it wasn't anybody who's, who I've talked about before on here. Just because Clar- Clarissa got kids, I don't want to put her in any story that she is not, is not really, you know, this, this is not her story. But this is from the completely different female. This female, she calls me. She's like, yo, what you on? Like, drink that, whatever. Woo-woo. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. Yeah, come through. I was like, well, who are you with? And she's like, dude, I just met, I just met like two white girls at the bar. And then I, she was with her white girlfriend. So it was three white bitches and her. And I was like, damn, like, I, ain't, I haven't kicked it with no white bitches like in a, like the only white bitch that ever been in this apartment was uh, the stripper. Goddammit! Like we don't, you know. Usually we stay within the race. So, <laughs> but as, you know, it is MLK weekend, so we had to mix up a little bit. And uh, and on Friday, th- this girl, she, I'm a, by the way, I should tell you, at this point, I'm six blue moons in, so I'm already fucking lit. I'm lit. You feel me? I end up calling Tony up. I'm like, dog, the host finna come through. I'm like, the hoes finna come through. So he like, ah, I bet. Like, I was already at the crib, but fucking whatever, I'm gonna go. So my boy Tony pulls up, and then obviously it's me and JV already here. And then uh, they end up going to get, JV and Tony end up going to get more liquor. They're like, well, fuck it, we need to get some liquor because we, because uh, like there wasn't shit, right? So they end up dipping, and I'm by myself. Then the girl, the shorties are like, oh, we're outside. So I open the door. Bro, tell me why. This girl walks in with, one fat white bitch, okay, it doesn't really count, but then, dude, she had like two badass white bitches with her, like, I'm talking about them white bitches that are not scrawny, that are like thick, you know, the white bitches that be getting fucked by black guys, like, like, <laughs> like, like, you know, the bitches that be, you know what I'm saying, like, you, you usually see that white bitch with a super swole black dude, you feel me, like, thick as hell, tall, tall, nice body, it was Bad bitches, bad bitches, bad bitches. Anyway, so I'm like, damn, you know, I'm like, I wasn't expecting this. Like, my apartment is not even, like, these bitches going to laugh at me type shit. <coughs> we still got the Christmas tree up and shit, dog. Like, it was all bad. But anyway, so they walk in, right? They're already fucking lit, dog. They're already lit. So I'm like, oh, okay. We're all lit. So they don't give a fuck. So they walked in. One of the one of the, one of the white bitches, one of the big white bitch, <laughs> I hope they never hear this, by the way. The, the big white bitch was so fucked up. She just goes into one of the rooms and knocks out on the bed. She's never even been here before, dog. Just knocks out on the bed. I was like, who the fuck let this bitch in the room? But anyway, I wasn't about to pick that bitch up. I'm like, well, fuck it. She was fat anyway. <laughs> we don't need that one. Close the door. Let her let her get her sleep in. Anyway, and then, um, dude, that is just... Uh, then I'm still waiting on, on JV and, and, and this dude to get home. Bro, tell me why I'm in the kitchen. And one of them runs into the kitchen. Like, she runs into the kitchen. And since it was kind of snowing outside, bro, this bitch runs into the kitchen and busts her shit. Like, like falls flat on the fucking floor. You ever seen that vine where it's like, Kaylee and Kyle, come get y'all juice. And then the kids run and slip into the fucking stove and their knees break the glass on the stove. It was just like that, except the glass didn't break because I was leaning against the stove. So she literally, she literally fell on my feet, bro. Like, like, like her pussy was on my feet. 
So I picked her up. I was like, yo, yo. And I had already gave her a blue moon. So the blue moon's all over my kitchen floor. So I'm like, hell, now this bitch making a mess, right? So anyway, I help her up. I start cleaning up. And she's like, oh, I'm looking for... She was looking for drugs. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. But, but, but luckily, we had a... No, <laughs> she, she was trying to party, right? <laughs> and, uh, dude, these girls were so much fun to hang out with. Like, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. Like, whatever we, whatever niggas be like, where the hoes at? This is what we mean right here, bro. Like, bro, we just, we were listening to John Mayer. Tony was combing, Tony was combing one of the girls' hair with his fingers. Cause she was looking, one of the girls got so drunk, she kept looking for a, for a, a comb or a brush so she could brush her hair. But nigga, me and Jamie don't even got hair. Like we got, we're fucking bald. So it doesn't even fucking, it doesn't even, we don't have, there's no reason for us to have brushes. So, or, or, yeah. So she's looking for a brush. This nigga's JV gave this bitch a, a shoe cleaner. This, <laughs> this bitch brushing her hair with the motherfucking shoe cleaner and shit. A motherfucking fibra, fibra brush. And then, um, it, it was just a fun time. Tony ended up getting one of the bitch's numbers. Bro, and then right before this bitch leaves, bro, she talking about she want to pull her titties out. And we're like, you know, me and the guys, we're like, fuck it, do it. Do it. And then her friend was like, don't do that. But the whole time is like, you know, like, pull the bitches out. And, dude, this girl pulls out her whole fucking titties, bro. Like, bro, I, trust me, I'm a real nigga. I've seen some titties before. But white bitch real estate commercial real estate asian these bitches were 30 and 31 30 and 31 i love me a milf bro they pull out their titties her titties i never see i never see some titties so perfect bro like right she was pushing p god damn it she was pushing p that was p it was very p of her to pull her titties out like very p we love we love her we love her Man, I was, dude, when she pulled her titties out, I was like, damn, nigga, like, let me sort of light the coke off of them bitches, girl. Woo, them bitches, the, the, that was the most fire set of titties I ever seen, bro. It was such a good pair. And Tony was right next to the bitch. Bro, this nigga Tony was like, <sighs> dude, he, he couldn't believe it. We was active in this bitch, bro. It was, it was so funny. It was so funny. And then so much other shit that we can't talk about happened. But it was so much funny. It was so much funny. <laughs> so much fun. So much funny. I just love white bitches, bro. You know, I, I played Beeps in the Trap like 80 times that day. I love Beeps in the Trap. It, it, it was such it was. I don't even, I'm not even going to try with this shit no more. It, it, was such a, it was such a good time, man. And um, honestly, it was, yeah, I, honestly, that's why the podcast is late because I've been so busy getting... I've been, yeah, I've been so busy, I've been so busy, uh, I've been so busy, see, the white woman is the devil, bro, the white woman is the devil, she's trying to chase a young Migo, a young Mexican, from getting to his dreams, like, I'm trying, I'm supposed to be in my bag, I'm supposed to be focused on the podcast, putting out good episodes, doing big shows, focused on my new material, and instead I'm over here looking at titties, bro, fucking white women are the devil, it's because they don't want to see me succeed, because I will take my family it don't even matter. I love titties. I ain't gonna lie to y'all, man. Like, like that white bitch almost made me buy those bracelets that we used to wear in middle school that said I heart boobies and shit. I almost went to buy one of them bitches just because of them titties, boy. Anyway, that was... It was 
It was a great time. It, it, it was a great time. Then on Saturday, on Saturday, I went back to do the third, what would have been the second show, sorry, the second show of the of the night, and uh, it went really well. That, that was probably my best set. Chins actually came out since I told him, I was like, bro, you know, that dude with the broken hands is going to be at the shrine. So we had already talked about it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go. So he ended up coming with with Karina. And, and I even sat down with them after I got done with my set. We enjoyed the whole show. And, and then we did it all over again at 10 p.m. We ended up having the second show on Saturday. And it was such a fucking great time. Like, I don't know, bro. It was just, you know what I'm saying? I just love doing comedy. Like, I, I don't think... I don't think there's any, anything else I love in my life more than more than getting on that stage. I love partying, like trust me, like like doing a show and then like you know that's why comedian a lot of these comedians die of drug overdoses and and, and like the, you know the lifestyle kills them because comedians are nightlife. You know we we live in the nightlife. Like every comedian that does comedy full time, m- most of them go out. You know they go out seven, eight, nine, ten p.m. shows. Then they, 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 they're, they're usually out at a social event or at a comedy club. So, you know, you get sometimes we don't get paid in money. We get paid in free drinks. What the fuck am I going to do? Not drink? Get the fuck out of here, bitch. If this is the only form of payment I'm going to get, I'm going to take advantage of that shit. Next thing you know, you're fucked up. You feel me? And then it's the next day and you're waking up hella late and then you're doing it all over again, you know? But when you're making money, and you know, it's fun and shit. But when you have to go back to a job on Monday and you chose to party and bullshit all weekend after the shows and sleep all day during the weekend you kind of lose your whole weekend and i had to go to work this morning i just felt like shit dog i was like man like i I can't wait till this becomes my life full time but as of right now i ain't shit yet and it really do be a slice of humble pie because sometimes you do these shows man and you party with these hoes i ain't gonna lie that shit be feeling good that shit be feeling good, bro. And you know your ego be be like, hey, I, maybe I am the shit, nigga. But then you get reminded, like, dog, hell no, nah, you're a fucking property manager at a, a fucking C grade apartment complex, and you steal toilet paper from the job. So like, <laughs> you ain't shit. Anyway, so, but but you know what? I I I love the journey. You know, people tell you all the time, enjoy the journey because that's gonna be what the most fun is. And I'm really enjoying it and uh, and it was such a great weekend of comedy, man. Now, that being said, don't forget that we are doing Latin XL. It's going to be January 30th on Sunday at 7 p.m., bro. Get your fucking tickets, bro. Don't let me down. You guys know how much this shit means to me. I used to tell you guys all the time, like, when, remember when I told you guys about the first time they let me do some stage time at the Laugh Factory, and then I was going out there for five minutes, and then eventually this year they let me. This sorry, this past year they let me headline for the first time. That's the day that JV ran somebody over, and um, you know it's it's a it's a slow journey, but now they've given me my own show, me and Renee, our own show. We have our own show. And we're hoping it's a once a month thing, but obviously that all depends on the turnout. So please, if you support me and you support my comedy and my career and, my, and whatever the fuck this shit is called, um, please get your tickets. You can go to my Instagram Instagram bio at Ken Flores three zero zero or the Talking My Shit Podcast Instagram. the The bio has a ticket link on there as well. Just get them, get them, uh, get 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 them, get them anywhere and. Uh, yeah, get them while they're hot, man. They're fu- people are getting tickets. Just remember that you do have to be vaccinated. So whether you get a fucking fake vaccine card 
or you get a real vaccine card, show up to the show, man. Come through. Please support Latin XL. I got a fucking great lineup. I'm going to have my homie Anthony Fuentes. He's a Puerto Rican. He's funny as fuck. I'm going to have Luis Arevalo, who you guys already know. He's been on the podcast before. He's the guy with the stutter. One of my favorites on the fucking comedy scene who also gets his clips uh, done here with JV. So shout out to him. I fuck with my nigga Lewis. And then, of course, you know, we're going to have a few other people on the lineup that are just absolutely hilarious. Please get your tickets for Latin XL at the Laugh Factory in Chicago, January 30th. 30th, sorry. That's going to be on Sunday in about a week, in about a week and a half or two weeks now. Uh, so please get your tickets. The day will come before you know. I don't want you guys to fucking, oh, dude, I was thinking about going, but I didn't make plans. Get your fucking tickets now. It's going to be fun. This is a marvelous club. Fucking get your tickets. Anyway, let's get back into the podcast. That was an ad for myself. That was an ad for myself. I got to put me first. I got to put me first. I was supposed to do an ad for somebody else, but I got to put me first. Oh, I got to fart. There it goes. All right. That was one of those farts. It was like that. That fart right there was like the fucking underground um, tsunami at the coast of Tango. Did you guys hear about that? There was a tsunami at the coast of Tonga. I think that was the name of the. I think that's the name of the, the the country or whatever the island. There was this underground tsunami that erupted, and it was so fucking big of an eruption that the waves of the tsunami. Oh no! Sorry, a tsunami doesn't erupt, right? The volcano erupted. So it was a volcano. I'm a fucking idiot. Comedy got to work out because there's nothing else I'll be able to do in my life. I don't even know the difference between a tsunami and a volcano. But, okay. Well, no, look. It makes sense, though, because the volcano erupted underground, created such a big um, eruption that the the waves of the... It created a tsunami, and the waves of the tsunami reached both... The coast of Japan and the coast of California. Yeah, motherfucker went coast to coast with it, motherfucker. Fuck east to west. This nigga was country to country with it like a private jet, bro. This nigga was... He, he snapped though. He... <laughs> hey, I, hey. He said... He said... He said... What, what, they, what, what, is that, what is that gonna lyric go? He's like... Fuck around and get drowned. So <laughs> the drip too hard. Fuck around. So I don't know. Fuck. I forgot that the fucking lyric. But anyway, speaking about Gunna, he just dropped... Uh, he just dropped, by the way, if anybody died in that tsunami, prayers. But Gunna, most important, Gunna dropped an album. More, impor- more important than Life's Lost, Gunna is pushing P. And he dropped one of the best albums of the year. And it's only January. Uh, <laughs> I'm so fucking insensitive. I'm so insensitive. People are going to cancel me. I can't wait. Um, Gunna, Gunna dropped uh, DS Forever, which is, you know, the fourth part of, of DS, of the DS uh Basically, the whole fucking series, which is Drip Season. And uh, and uh, Drip Season 2 was my favorite one because that's the one that actually put me onto Gunna, which was, you know, Carsick, King Kong, um, Pedestrian, fucking, which was the one that was all over social media. Uh, it's the one that was like... Uh, man, what the... F- nah, I can't fucking remember it. It's the song that where he's... Where, where he has the fucking mic that comes down where he's wearing the, the hooven. Oh, I took the top off. That was the top off. So, so anyway, so he had all those classics on DS2. And then he came out with DS3, which, I mean, he had bangers on there, too. The fucking, um, I mean, just like the one, where, where is it? Sky, fuck is that? Skywalker, I think is the name of that song. He also had, uh, 
the fucking speed it up. I mean, he had a whole bunch of bangers on DS3 too, which I also went to that tour uh, when he was touring for that album. And then he finally dropped this DS Forever. And then actually is one of my favorites. My favorite track on that on that mixtape is A Lot of Cake. I just feel like it gives you that old DS2 vibe where if you're just like high off an of edible or high off some bud and you just play that song and let it float and just kind of... I don't know. I feel like it's good for your mental health if you just lock yourself in like your car or your room or your shower. Play that fucking song out loud. Close your eyes and just fucking let it take you like the wave, the tsunami, actually, if you will. <laughs> and just fucking um, yeah, it's a good song. But on top of that, he also dropped a song called Twenty Five K with Lil Baby. You know, Lil Baby and Gunna are the dynamic duo. You know, in my opinion, one of the best duels in the rap game. And uh, they dropped the fucking hit. Of course, he has G Herbo on there. I know a lot of y'all listen to G Herbo. And then uh, he has a song called Push and P with Future and Young Thug, which seems to be the top single of this whole fucking mixtape. And he's actually, you know, this is how influential these motherfuckers are. He's got everybody pushing P and, oh, that's not P or that wouldn't be very P of her. And it basically just means like cool or dope. Like, oh, that's, that's what's up. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just like, it doesn't even mean shit. It's just another word for dope or. Oh yeah, like or, or oh that's real. You feel me? Like oh that's that's P. Like you feel me? Like I don't know. Is is people ask me like oh what does it mean? What was the definition? It don't mean shit, man. These Atlanta rappers just come up with all kinds of bullshit, and we dick ride them so hard that we start using the same fucking slang. But it, it's all right. Gunna Gunna is good enough that he can get away with it. He also had this probably, in my opinion, one of the best songs. Also, there's a song that was originally supposed to be on there that is uh, produced by Tay Keith and is has a feature by Drake. And the the song initially had gone viral on TikTok. Um, Drake's verse, um, Drake's verse was all over the place. Uh, basically, uh, you know, because because he basically adapted the gunner flow, and he's fucking killing it. But one of the biggest things that got my attention, and I thought it was only on TikTok, there's a girl moaning at the back in the back of this whole fucking beat, and I'm like, huh, that. Maybe the TikTok, they added the moaning so they wouldn't get copyrighted or whatever. But then the song leaks on YouTube before before Gunna even puts it out. Because this was supposed to be on the tape, but Gunna actually cut this song from the tape. There's People say they don't know why, but in my opinion, I think that he cut the Drake feature because he didn't want people to, to give credit to the album because it had a Drake feature. You know, people are always quick to say, oh, it's because of Drake, because of Drake. So I feel like a lot of rappers do respect Drake and do like Drake, but sometimes they want to get it on their own, especially when they're at the level Gunna's at. Gunna's no longer a new up-and-coming artist. He's very established, and I feel like he really wanted to do well on his own, you know, or with the people he's been working with for years. He ends up putting out this tape, and he's actually expected to sell, I believe, 140 to 150K first week, which is extremely good. Given that Roddy Rich only put out 64K first week and that album is garbage. But people were expecting way more from him. And uh, anyway, so Gunna put that out. He cut Drake off, but eventually puts... You know, eventually releases the, the song on its own, and uh, he puts it on YouTube. And yeah, it got it's got a female moaning on there, the whole fucking song from front to end, and it's cool. Like, I mean, it's cool. Like, okay, you adapted the moaning to the song to the song, but I feel like as a man, you can't just drive around listening to some bitch moaning like. Like, you know, you imagine at the red light, somebody pulls up, like, what the fuck is this motherfucker, like, watching porn and playing music? Like, I don't know. It's just like, I guess if you don't give a fuck, you don't give a fuck, right? Especially in the winter, you got your windows up. You kind of get away with it. If you're on the highway, you get away with it. But, like, you just riding around in the summer, windows open or top down with a bitch moaning. 
and people don't know what the fuck you're listening to. They're going to be like, what the fuck? Families and shit, you feel me? <laughs> but anyway, who gives a fuck? It's a good-ass song. And uh, speaking about music, I'm going to just talk about this one more thing real quick. Kodak Black. I know this, this podcast, that's why this podcast has to come out on time every week. That's completely my fault that why this is not out yet, why this was out a little bit late. But things happen so fast that I got to stay on top of it because by the time I want to talk about them, it already doesn't fucking matter because, you know, motherfuckers are already on to the next thing. But real quick, Kodak Black, he was having sex at the motherfucking hockey game. Go. Go, go, go. Nothing else I have to say about that. Go. I, I can't wait till this week. Anyway, fast forward. Your boy. Your boy. Your boy, A-Town. Mr. Richard Irvin. People wanted me to talk about this. I'm going to talk about it. So the mayor, Richard Irvin, you know, as you, as most of you guys know, he do not fuck with me. Even though he came to one of my shows, fuck him. <laughs> he came to one of my shows at the comedy show, so I don't give a fuck. Um, that doesn't mean I like him. We actually didn't even get to chop it up because they wouldn't let me come out the green room. But anyway, he was at the comedy show when I had a show there. And this motherfucker, um, we talked about him during our fuck him episode with me and Juan Garcia did, which by the way, one of the best episodes we've ever dropped. And we end up doing this episode with, uh, and we talk about Richard Irvin and like, you know, some corruption speculation and we just, you know what I'm saying? Just shady shit that's been going on. And after we dropped that episode, people were hitting me up saying that, you know, he's been known to hang around a lot of escorts and, and not tipping and all kinds of shit. Anyway, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm, hey, whatever. So this motherfucker announces today, Monday, January 17th, that he is officially running for governor. Of United of the United States of the United States of Aurora. <laughs> nah, this motherfucker is running for governor of Illinois. He's got, and you know what? This is what is kind of crazy because right now our governor is uh, Pritzker. Pritzker is our governor. Before Pritzker was, uh, I don't know who the fuck. Oh, it was Rahm Emanuel. I don't know. No, that's the mayor of Chicago. Who the fuck was the governor? It doesn't matter, right? But I remember, like the last time I knew a governor's name before Pritzker. Was Robert Glovich. Because that, that motherfucker got arrested for corruption. I remember he was all over the fucking news. I was like, damn. That's embarrassing as fuck, nigga. That's our governor. And if I can't go to jail for corruption, fuck. But um, then, eventually, uh, what's it called? Um, Pritzker. You know, Pritzker. Pritzker, if you, if you weren't into politics before 2016... By 2016, you were definitely into politics because of Trump. Trump got everybody into politics. Barack Obama kind of shook shit up a little bit amongst the black communities. And they were like, damn, let's pay attention to politics because now we know that it could be one of us. You specifically having a black person in office, you know. It was a big, a big step forward for, for any minority, in my opinion. But I don't think it got enough eyeballs on actual politics. But when Trump came in, bro, this motherfucker, this motherfucker, everybody talking about politics. Whether you knew what the fuck you were talking about or not, everybody wanted to have a conversation about Trump. What, doesn't matter what side you were on, everybody wanted to be part of, of the conversation and have a side, right? So anyway, in the past few years, politics, I feel like at all levels, from local aldermen all the way up to the mayor of our city, everybody has been paying even closer attention since Trump, you know? And I feel like that's a good thing. Because we should be paying attention because we're the ones that are going to be benefited or eventually hurt by these fucking people that come into power, right? So this, uh, so, so, so Pritzker was running for mayor, I'm sorry, for governor uh, not too long ago. And as you guys know, this motherfucker's dad was part owner or owner of the Hyatt's, those Hyatt hotels and shit, which are pretty, 
You know, they're they're not a Ritz Carlton, but they're not a fucking Super Eight either. So it's a pretty decent hotel. And uh, eventually, I think uh, I, I think he 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 basically got bought out from from Pritzker got bought out. So they ended up making him a billionaire just from getting his buy just from literally selling him his his part and giving him sorry from buying his part and giving him the money, turn him into an instant billionaire. So this motherfucker got hella money, and then of course money is not enough for these people. They want the power. So what does he do? Starts running for governor. And also, when you have an unlimited budget, when you're a fucking billionaire, this motherfucker had. You remember when Pritzker was running for governor? Every fucking YouTube video that you opened had a Pritzker commercial on it. Every time you were watching TV, Pritzker came off. Like I didn't even know who the fuck he was, but he had my vote just off the fact that he was in all my fucking videos that I would watch. I'm like, I'm, I don't know who the fuck this guy is, but he's in all the videos, so I'm going to vote for him. And um, he became the governor, and uh, he's pretty fucking liberal. Of course, people hate him. People say he's corrupt, but I don't really, I, I mean, I, I don't know. We don't have any proof of that yet, but I do know at the end of the day, he's a rich motherfucker, and, you know, rich motherfuckers I don't really trust, you know, until I get rich. But, you know, so so anyway, for those of you guys that know, Pritzker is a very liberal he, he, he moves with the Democrats, so he tries to push, like, COVID mandates, vaccines. You know, he, he's just, he's the he's the one on the left wing, right? And uh, Irvin, you know, I would not be so worried if, if Irvin was working with the budget that he raised on his own, and he was basically, you know, he, he was out campaigning on his own. But this motherfucker right now is backed by one of the richest men in Illinois. Actually, a billionaire, just so you guys know how rich he is. So I'm pretty sure he's... A, I don't even know the net worth difference of Pritzker and the guy that is backing up Irvin. But they're both rich as fuck. So already, I can tell that this is going to be not as easy as Pritzker thought as far as the election goes. Because I feel like you're about to start seeing Irvin everywhere. From billboards to commercials to YouTube. I mean, if, if one, one thing's going to be for sure, Irvin, if he, even if he doesn't win the, govern, the government, the governor, the governor race, he will for sure be a local celebrity. Everybody will know who Irvin is. Everybody. And I feel like people are going to be talking about him. It's going to be crazy. And this motherfucker, he, he's a black man. For those of you guys that don't know who Richard Irvin is, or you're, you're listening from another city or state, uh, or live in a world but just don't care for some reason, um, he's a black man. And it's funny because he's he's running super Republican. So he's just like talking about like, like he, he put out a campaign ad today where like the first sentence is, my grandfather was a slave. So it like, it, it gets you hooked right away. Like, damn, nigga, what happened? Like, what the fuck? But, and then eventually he just kind of, like it starts off like, okay, like, damn, I'm trying to pay attention. And then it just goes super fucking, like the more you watch of the video, the more conservative it gets. And you could tell he's just literally, some white rich motherfucker gave this guy a script and this motherfucker is just reading that shit off the fucking paper. Because he, First, he talks about all lives, well, not first, but he gets into the all lives matter, you know, and then on top of that, he goes into, I hired more policemen than ever. Like, nigga, shut the fuck up. Y'all niggas ain't solving shit. Nigga hired more cops and they're all just on TikTok. <laughs> Motherfuckers doing that. <laughs> Motherfucker, if you don't go lock somebody up, a killer or a rapist or something, nigga, I hear checking for suspended licenses and doing TikToks. Nigga, fuck APD. But... 
He talking about he hired so many more cops. And then he talking about um, he's been at raids and he's got over a thousand convictions. And, bro, he just like straight up, this motherfucker just straight up pandering to white people. Pandering to white people. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. And, uh, yeah, bro, so I don't know. We're about to see. This shit, I feel like, in my opinion, this shit's about to get interesting. And I feel like if Prisker got enough money, I feel like they both have enough money. And I feel like some dirty shit is about to come off. Like, when you got enough money and you're paying people to tell you shit, give you dirt on other people, bro, it's like that one lyric that ESTG has where it's like, does your man really love you or does he love this 100 bands? Or does your man really love you more than these 100 bands? Because for 100 bands, nigga, I don't give a fuck if you my blood, brother. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, like, you give somebody 100 bands, bro, somebody who works for Irvin, you're like, look, I'll make you I'll make you not not rich, but I'll, make, I'll give you six-figure check. You got to let me know some shit about Irvin. Somebody's going to talk, bro. Somebody, oh shit, somebody will talk. And I feel like there's going to be some shit coming out. And there was already a post not too long ago talking about the FBI was investigating him. That was actually true. But there's also there's also some other... Damn, I wish I could find... Let me, let me find this page real quick for you guys now that we're in this conversation. There's a page... There's a page that's that's in Aurora that that um it's, it's a it's a local page. I don't know if it's Aurora only, but it's definitely in the local suburbs. And they've been on Irvin's neck for a fucking minute, bro. I I seen them when they released the fucking Okay, so the page is called Open Line Blog. Open Line Blog, that's one word. And they had they had initially um they they had said that they they even got they have a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar reward that leads to anything any that leads to any arrest or conviction of uh, Mayor Richard Irvin of Aurora uh, that has so basically they're they're basically giving you two hundred fifty thousand if you can come up with something that gets him arrested so it basically that's I, I, in my opinion nobody's just gonna know that information that post is specifically for the people around him. Like I got two hundred fifty bands for one of you niggas that come up here and help help me get this motherfucker locked up. But those of you guys, you guys can't forget. You know, even though I'm out here talking shit about Irvin and all this, Irvin is an army veteran, and he's also all right, who cares, right? Who gives? I, I, I don't give a fuck. You already convinced Support the troops, dumbass. <laughs> I'm just kidding, nigga. The only time I support the troops is when WWE goes over there, goes over there and does the does the, does the wrestling for the troops. <laughs> Dude, I remember one time, bro. I walked into like Fye and I had like five dollars and I was trying to buy something. You know when you start going to the mall with your friends as a kid, you don't got no money. And dude, I remember I saw the one of the WWE goes to Afghanistan or some shit like that, and they just did a rest, they basically did a whole match for the troops out there and shit. And I was like, wow, this is the most boring shit I've ever seen. But it was old, the only thing I could afford, so I watched that shit. <laughs> anyway, so um, you no, know, what I'm trying to get at is this motherfucker Irvin, he's a veteran. On top of that, he's a lawyer. On top of that, he already was rich. He had, he had his own law firm before he became mayor. So don't get me wrong. This motherfucker got money. But now I'm talking about the budget he has now where you're in the billions. Where a person, I mean a person that rich in the billions of dollars does not mind spending not even 100000 I'm talking about $2 million, $3 million on a campaign that might not succeed. Just so they could push a narrative, you feel me? And uh, yeah, man, we're, we're gonna see. I mean, I think we got a front row seat since we do live in Aurora. I'm not gonna lie to you guys, bro. I'm not. I'm not gonna fucking get too deep into like the whole politics of it and all this shit. Because at the end of the day, we all got our own 
like I feel like we were doing really well when Trump was in office as far as let me finish as far as far as like staying to, sticking together as Latinos as black people we were really sticking together um you know we were against the fucking against the whites I guess you could say or against the the right wing you know and then when covid came out and we politicized covid that was the worst thing that America could have done. We really went down the fucking drain after we politicized COVID. When people were saying, I don't want to wear a mask because of my freedom, that fucking started everything. Because now, it has trickled down all the way to the vaccine. If people were to have been as receptive to the masks, and people were like, okay, I understand there's a fucking deadly virus going around. I'll put on a mask because I'm responsible. I care about myself. I care about my community. I don't want to fucking go on a killing spree at walmart you know so i'm gonna wear masks if people would have just respected from the beginning as these vaccines were being put out people would have been like okay now it's I, it, it was my due diligence to get to put on a mask when i was at walmart let me go ahead and do the and get the vaccine and get this shit over with people started people that were scared people that were misinformed people that are not well educated they were like oh i'm not gonna do the vaccine and I'm, if you don't want to do the vaccine for because your doctor told you it may not be good for your health, I understand that. If you don't want to do the vaccine because you saw a fucking video on Facebook about how if you get the vaccine that is going to track you or some shit like that, that's you are fucking retarded. I don't give a shit how you feel. I don't give a shit if you don't stop listening to this podcast right now. Like uh, people, I respect somebody who 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 wants their freedom of choice. I get that, but the reason some of you guys want your freedom of choice is so stupid to me. Like I get, it, it, I because I respect freedom of choice. You should be allowed to decide whether you want it or not. You're right. I respect that, but the just the reason that some of you guys won't get it for it lets me know how stupid you guys are. You know, like I said, I I, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I know I explained that twice there. But I, I just want people to get the right message. I'm not saying you're stupid if you don't get the vaccine. I'm just saying some of the some of the motherfucking reasons y'all don't get it is fucking stupid. You feel me? That's the third time I explain it. And some of y'all still going to be mad at me because y'all going to be like, you motherfucking, you don't care about freedom. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You just heard me say fuck APD. I love freedom. But anyway, so I just wanted to talk about the Irvin situation for a little bit. And uh, before I get out of here, God damn, how long has this episode been? 20 minutes, hell no, shit, way longer than that. How much is it? Um, you're about 50 minutes. All right. Well, before I get out of here, oh, dude, for two few things before I get out of here, we went to get sushi last week at Sushi Napier, and they got fucking robots that bring you the food, so we're about to fucking lose a lot of fucking jobs. <laughs> lose a lot of fucking jobs. Anyway, then I guess here I'll just do a quick last minute good news. So remember you guys remember that I told you guys I was going to be signing a possible contract for a movie. I uh, so the guy came up to me at the last show I did at the comedy bar, not the one after Chin's proposal, but the one before that. Remember I told you guys I did that show off no sleep. I was like super tired and then they asked me to do way more than I was supposed to be doing. Anyway, that that show there was a there was a dude at the front row there that I told you guys he came up to me he asked me to be part of his movie you know we exchanged information uh, and I told you guys that um, you know I was excited but at the same time I don't know you don't you don't know how fucking some people are just full of shit they just hype you up and then eventually you know you never hear from them again right so this guy eventually he ends up hitting me back up and he actually sent me a fucking contract uh, of the movie 
and, and, and it's going to be kind of like a, it's not like a movie, like a, it's like an actual film. It's more like a, a documentary about comedy and like the censorship of comedy. And, and I don't know. I just feel like it's still going to be a dope ass film. And they're going to be filming in three different locations. One of them being Chicago. The second being uh, Dallas, Texas. And then the third being Atlanta, Georgia. And Atlanta has been one of my dream destinations I mean, so ever since I can remember, uh, I'm a big fan of rap. So, I mean, just going to like, you know, Lennox and shit like that would be super dope for me. Drive by Magic City, you feel me? Like, go to where Gucci Mane grew up, Zone 6. Yeah, shit like that. You know, I, I, I like shit like that, you know? Of course, seeing the Black Queens. Black Queens, I love y'all. I, I can't wait to go to Atlanta. Fuck is you talking about? But... Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be flying out to those places uh, and filming there, but they are going to be filming in three different locations. So, you know, if I have to, I will. And it's very exciting. There's all, they also send me payment information. It's not a crazy amount of money, but shit, it is it's more money than I make at my job. So I definitely uh, I definitely am excited. Um, and, and I already signed it. I already got finalized. So I'm in. They're going to be sending me dates and details for so I can know when I'm going to have to request off and where I'm going to need to be when they need me. And uh, yeah, man, it should be very exciting. I don't know. I don't know when the film is going to be dropping, but they do got a pretty decent budget, you know. And uh, and I'm excited. You know, I'm excited to see what what kind of creative minds uh, come together and uh, and put out a project. You know, it'll be my first official film credits I, I believe and uh, and that'll be real fun but anyway other than that i'm gonna begin the fuck out of here real quick i uh i uh i don't think i got too much other shit to talk about i already talked about chin's engagement <laughs> i talked about you know kodak black i talked about i talked about kodak black for a little bit but mainly gunna you know i talked about richard Irvin and uh all the shit that's going on and um yeah, man. I I I, uh, I apologize for being late on this episode. Um, I mean, there may may have not been too much funny shit, but shit, I was out here talking about shit. I don't get no fuck. Fuck y'all. Now I'm just kidding. Latin XL. Don't forget. Please get your tickets. If you support me, if you got love for me, please get your tickets. Please get your tickets. Please get your tickets. Come. It's gonna. I'm gonna be hosting the whole night, so you'll be seeing me the whole night. I'm gonna do like 15 minutes off the top, so y'all y'all get to see me first. So y'all have to wait to see me. I'm gonna fuck with the crowd, you know. I'm gonna get the mood going. I'm gonna set the mood, and, and I'm gonna do a little bit of, a little bit of jokes, <clears throat> probably some new material. So so so, so I know because I know a lot of y'all have already seen me before. Y'all probably don't want to see the same shit. So if y'all come support me, I promise I'll at least have a little bit of new material for y'all off the top, and and it should be it should be it should be some fun shit, man. I'm working on other shit too right now. So so um, it, it should be fun. So anyway, Latinxl, come through, get your tickets. Um, other than that, um, oh, I, I didn't want to tell you guys too. So remember that 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 film that we filmed. Uh, I told you guys uh, we, we in December 16th we put together a short film with five cameras, and, and I did like a, it was it was like 11 minute set basically. Well, I finally get the, got the final project back, and man, let me tell you guys, I've never had something filmed like that before. It's just just the camera angles, seeing them switch from like a full body image to a close up of my face, and then the crowd, you know, it's just it, 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 it's, it's just dope because it makes it feel real. Like, holy shit, this looks like one of those specials that those guys on Netflix have, you know? And, and it's just like, damn, I feel like more than ever, I can see that being my future, you know? It's like, damn, it fits very well. The set went very well. Like, I don't know, you know, it kind of, it's like almost like a manifestation coming to life. And uh, obviously, this is a very short. It's a 11 minute set, so it's not something that I can put out like with a network or anything like that. But I hope to put it out 
together as a whole, maybe on YouTube, maybe we'll do a Patreon, I don't know yet, what I haven't made up my mind, but I will be doing this, I will be cutting up some clips this week, and I got those coming up on TikTok, as well as my Instagram, but if you're not on TikTok, I mean, if you're on TikTok, follow me on TikTok, Ken Flores 300 because that's where they're going to be dropping first, eventually if they do well on there, I'll put them on my Instagram, and, uh, and yeah, we'll go from there, man, but other than that, follow the Instagram if you're not following it, uh, Talking My Shit Podcast, follow Latin XL Comedy. That's our official Instagram for the showcase that we're doing at the Laugh Factory. Get your tickets and then uh, follow my personal Instagram, Ken Flores 300 You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for everything. Hold this fucking L, bitch. <laughs> you guys have a good one. Bye.